0: football
1: podcast
0: with Joe DeLeon. Well, let's get fat. And Sean Anderson. I am a Suf- Suf. Welcome back to the Believe in FCS Football Podcast, your go-to source for FCS football news and analysis from the voices of two former FCS football players, recently removed, also former roommates and teammates at the University of Rhode Island. I am Joe DeLeon joined by my good friend, Sean Anderson. Sean, how are we doing today? Uh,
1: I got a lot of feedback, constructive, as it were, from my dad about the last FCS
0: show that we did. Oh, no. What did he say?
1: Uh, He hated the read that I did. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He wanted more analysis and more numbers and all that, you know, so maybe we'll give some more of that to him.
0: See, whenever your dad provides (laughs) us... with insight I, yeah. I, I always appreciate it you know like whatever he has to say part of me you know I, I can't disagree with him because he was a former player he played at Tennessee Tech so like you know I can't go wrong taking what, what he thinks is the, the ideal information now you might think otherwise because it's your dad you might be just thinking it's your dad giving you a hard time but what do you think would
1: survive better living in the other person's house with their dad longer you or me
0: so like we'd swap houses and dad's yeah i think yeah. i would li- i would last longer because I think you would too <laughs> be- my dad's far too clean for you to live in those. and like i get crap for my dad when, when my dad came here a month ago the the uh, he it was right before my birthday no it was right after my birthday and you know what he birthday. bought me he bought hmm. me a vacuum so i can cl- properly clean my apartment my apartment's not really it's a it's not clean but it's not dirty didn't need a vacuum, but that was purchased for me. Have oh. not used the vacuum yet. I have what? lied <laughs> that I have used the vacuum. <laughs> what are you gonna
1: sell it or something? Is it still in the box?
0: Oh, I took it. Out of, I had to take it out of the box. My dad made me take it out of the box and set it up. But I am. I am yet to actually use the thing, as you can expect. But no, oh, yeah, I would definitely last longer in in, in your house. Yeah, I
1: heard some DeLeon family policies. Uh, about even just maneuvering through the house. And that's something that I would not do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that hasn't been implemented since back in the in the high school days. The, the oh. slipper, for for the listeners at home that are wondering, my, my dad would rec- require slippers in various parts of the house. So if you were on a rug, you couldn't wear a slipper. If you were on hardwood, you had to wear the slipper. So just strange rules. Couldn't wear shoes in the house. That was the other thing. Once we moved into different house, two different houses that, that went away, though, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, well, it's terrifying. Sean, I know. I know. I know. Something that now I know how, what I will not put my kids through. Thank, thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today's episode, though, we decided we're going to have some fun today. And I think as we're getting super close to the start of the FCS season, like it's right around the corner. Guys are going to be reporting for training camp, I think, within the next week or so. Some guys are going to be starting. Some teams are going to be starting soon. So that means we're in the final home stretch here. We didn't necessarily go position by position preview, and I honestly, Sean, I, I think the way that we did it this off season was a little bit better. It was a little bit more laxed. I think that the way that we were able to cover stuff was a little bit better. We had, we had less time because of when the the playoff and the championship was, but I think covering yeah. just specific topics, I think it was a little bit more entertaining. Do you agree?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think it, it's it's. Because we're trying to reach such a broad audience, uh, it's it's right. weird because you want to give everybody the information on all the who's going to be the top players at what position, but then you are also kind of have a national narrative that you are trying to talk about. Uh, so it's it's, I, it's a weird bubble that we've been standing on, and I don't know if it's popped or it's or if it's inflating more.
0: I think it's inflating. I think that now that things are starting to go back to normal, we're you know we're starting to hit the everything full swing. And we're ready to get rocking for this FCS season. But as I said, today's episode, we will be talking about our Walter Payton Award finalists and winners are our favorites that we think can win the award this upcoming season. We're going to be pitching seven guys that we have on this list, some very talented players from a wide array of offensive positions. So we will get to that. Before we do, though, Sean, do you mind sharing with our listeners a read from Bet Online?
1: I do. Our good friends at Bet Online, uh, instead of having me make up some cockamamie prop bet like how many times uh, the van that I'm driving would break down uh, in this past week and setting an over under on that, why don't I just give you some real prop bets here, Joe? Uh, it's what Bet Online is set for the 2021 NFL MVP. Uh, from five to one, we have Aaron Rodgers at plus 1600, Matthew Stafford plus 1400, Tom Brady plus 1400 as well. Josh Allen in second at a plus 900, which is tasty for your boy. And Patrick Mahomes at at plus 350. Now you're thinking, what do I do with this? All this information, that means Patrick Mahomes is most favored to be 2021 NFL MVP. Well, if you think so too, and that's still a pretty nice little line for you at plus 350, you can head over to betonline.ag today. And with that, you can place your bet. You can sit and you can watch the season thinking, oh yeah, he just threw three touchdowns, 400 yards. That's That's an MVP performance. Oh, he just Mm. lost. You know, he threw a pick and only like 250 yards. I don't know. Here comes Brady. And then, oh, here he comes. Week 17, it's obviously going to be Patrick Mahomes. Uh, So visit the website today. That's betonline.ag. Or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off or pitch, head on over to betonline.ag and start playing today. Live... uh, Lines on uh, on baseball all summer and plenty of prop bets at Bet Online. Your online sports book experts.
0: Oh, thank you for that, nice Sean. That tagline, man. I don't know what it is. Oh my god the the last read I did on draft prospects. Yeah. And anyone who listened to the show or watched the video on YouTube is going to know exactly the part where I totally effed it up. I the the beginning of it. I I I made the most crucial critical error that I've never made. You know how the beginning of the read says, feel free to improvise. I read, I started reading that. You didn't. And then I, ca- and then I pause and I, s- and I, I let out an expletive. I should have just left it in there. It would have been would've nice been more one. Joe Burgundy. <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> um, Oh my God. I'm, I'm, I'm Bill O'Reilly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the better one. All right. So today's episode, we're going to get into breaking down seven, Walter Payton favorites who we are going to be watching this year. And I'm going to start by saying this because I know we will get tagged and we're going to get comments. If we don't put somebody on this list, it doesn't mean we're sleeping on them. We just tried to keep it concise at seven players. We originally did six, but then we realized we were missing an important player that we wanted to bring up. So if, if somebody's not on here, feel free to comment and give your take. I fully welcome it. But we're not bashing that guy. We're not thinking negatively on that guy. We're just simply picking guys that are off the top of our heads, not necessarily anybody significantly over somebody else. And there's a really good chance that none of the seven guys we name win the award. No, but right we're going to be right. We're going to be right. But I'm going to say right now as things stand, I think this list is really, really good based on what we saw in the spring last year. And if all things go according to plan and, and these guys improve during the offseason – they are going to be favorites and finalists for this award. I'm pretty sure all of these guys were on the finalist list. And the first one, we, we can't wait to talk about this guy. This guy has to be the first one that we bring up, Sean. And I'll let you lead him in because he you're a pretty big fan of his.
1: I believe we were talking about him last week as well. Uh, that is southeastern Louisiana quarterback Cole Kelly. Uh, you look at him, he's a, a superhero, six seven, 260 pounds. And he won the Walter Payton Award uh, in the spring that is favorite. That's favorite for me. And I know we're going into a real season with uh, however many, games, 10 games, whatever. He did it. He played seven games. That's a pretty good indication of what the next three games of this past season would look like, given that he threw for uh, 380 yards per game in seven last year. 2,662 yards, 18 touchdowns, four interceptions, and that's through seven games. So yeah, if you want to do that math at home, that's 380 passing yards per game. That's like Bailey's happy numbers. I'm not kidding with you. This is a dude that's going to sling it down the field with a team uh, full of just qu- southeastern Louisiana. Always quick. Every single player on their team quick. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they only recruit players with the what's the little uh, diagram, Joe? That looks like a kind of like a star, but you fill it in with different traits and it has a different shape.
0: Oh crap! That, I know that, what you're that talking graph about. Where it,
1: it highlights strengths, weaknesses, all that.
0: It, it's like a, a player profile graph. I know exactly yes. what you're talking about, but we're definitely mischaracterizing it.
1: This is y- correct, and it's an audio medium. So why would I even try to describe it? But if <laughs> if we were in that, well, circle. this is going to be
0: this is going to be one of our first video episodes. So the the people viewing on video will know understand your okay, and yeah, so with gestures. that.
1: We got a big circle, and then within the circle are a whole bunch of different little categories. One category for Southeastern Louisiana as a team, if it's quickness, it's all the way to the top at the brink of the circle. Other stuff, we average it out, average it out. Uh, but Cole Kelly is going to make great plays all year. He's going to move the ball down the field all year because he's got a quick team, he's got a well-coached team, and the team is going to win more games than lose games. And he's probably going to be the best player on the field in, in the majority of every single game that he plays in. So that is enough qualifications for me to have him as this ne- upcoming Walter Payton of Ward winner favorite.
0: And how Cole Kelly was not starting when he first transferred from Arkansas to Southeastern Louisiana, I think is crazy to me. They were doing that whole splitting time thing. And and, and we went through something similar with Juwan Lawson and Tyler Harris. And, uh, you know, I, both those guys are great guys, but – we all kind of knew at one point that Jawan was our best chance to win. And by the time that he got on the field and started getting more reps, it was pretty clear that this guy had some NFL talent. He goes to the NFL PA Bowl. I believe he's playing in the Arena League right now. So, like, uh, with, with the team that Marshawn started. So, like, you know, this is a circumstance here with Cole Kelly. Now that he takes the reins, he wins last year's Walter Payton Award justifiably because of his stupid, gaudy stat total. I think that Southeastern Louisiana, as we talked on last show, is a bit of a sleeper favorite to maybe contend for the national championship. Defensively, they're not the best team. They do have some talented defensive players, and they just need to live up to that potential. It's tough being consistent during that COVID year. I think now is the perfect time for them to bounce back, and Cole Kelly is going to be in such prime position uh, to be a, a repeat favorite. Maybe he could be one of the few. I don't even... I don't know enough about the history of the award, I'll admit, to know if somebody's done it twice. But maybe he can do it based on the circumstance.
1: It'd be great. It'd be I, great. I'm gonna, and then winning I'm, it twice
0: in one year. Yeah, basically, basically twice in one year. That would be historic. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look that up after the show, and I might, I might tweet that out if anybody else has, has done it before because that's, that's definitely intriguing me. Sean, speaking of a, you know an intriguing player, somebody who that we have been so drawn to, and this guy has also been discussed as a potential transfer up to uh, you know a different level of football, potentially maybe to the FBS. And right now, things look like they're completely fine, and he is going to be returning. I'm referring to Jaquez Ezra, the wide receiver from Sam Houston State, also a punt returner. Just an overall athletic, dynamic, offensive weapon, I think is the best way to characterize him. Not a lot of receptions last year, only 38, but the 861 yards and nine touchdowns shows his big play explosiveness ability. He also had two punt return touchdowns, and then the 17.4 yards per return on punts is uh, an ungodly number. Uh, If anyone doesn't understand how hard it is to average 17 yards per punt return, that's almost two first downs just on a punt return. That's incredible. This dude is explosive. There's a reason why he transferred out of Howard when Kalen Newton left, and he knew that he could go step up for a big program. He does it in the national championship. He's been on everybody's radar for a while now. He is on the senior bowl radar. He is potentially a NFL guy, and I think he has the athleticism to do it. But we know that he is just one of those players we see at the FCS level, Sean, that He's on the field, and it's like, wow, he's on a different level than the other guys trying to chase after him him and tackle him.
1: We always had a hard time kind of describing Jaquez Ezard and his speed uh, on the field because he just glides over it. He's very, very deceptive, and maybe it's because you just, I don't know, you watch him, and you're like, wow, wow, is he really going to break it? There's no way he's going to break it. You know, They're going to catch him. They're going to catch him. Never gets caught. Never gets tackled in the first tackle. You know what? Is he, is he wearing oil? You know, it, what, what is he doing out there? What's the trick that he has? And it's just got to be pure instinct of knowing where the defender's arm is going to be, where they're going to try to tackle, tackle him, when they're going to try to tackle him. And that comes with both reps. But more importantly, that's natural instinct. And you cannot teach that. You just can't. It, it, you know, there's veteran savvy tricks and there's senior tricks that everybody knows you, you learn after playing college football for four years. You're on your fourth year, your fifth year. You're like, oh, OK, so I need to do this. Uh and this is a little trick that I know that could help me if I get in a jam. Ezra doesn't really have tricks. He just has pure talent, and that's something that can elevate him over a lot of other players.
0: I think the comp that you and I had for him was like Cordell Patterson. Yeah. Which I still stand by. I think that's a that's a, that's a pretty good comp. He's just mm-hmm. explosive. You can put him wherever you really need him to. He's just going to pick up a ton of yards. Not necessarily a 10-reception a game type of guy, probably closer to three or four, but when you put the ball in his hands... He's going to have a forty-fifty yard gain during the game, and he, I almost kind of look at him. This is an interesting comparison, not in terms of player style, but I, I kind of see him as if he if he's contending for the Walter Payton. I see him as this year's Devonta Freeman for the or Devonta Smith rather mm-hmm. for the FCS. You know, elite wide receiver returns to his school and. He's going to have the opportunity to shine. I think that's a pretty good comparison. He's going to be in the conversation because of it.
1: I'm, I'm definitely uh, – I can agree with that. I can agree with Devontae Smith for the FCS level. He just has that gene in him. Right.
0: Not the same type of player, but just dominant, best offensive player on the team is mm-hmm. going to take things over and is going to be a big reason why Eric Schmidt has success success yeah. this upcoming season. Sean, you went with another receiver. And this one I'm a bit surprised by. Not a name that I thought that we were going to bring up. The other two that you you are speaking on today are names that I expected you to bring up. But this one, I'm, I'm very intrigued. Uh, as you
1: should be. But before that, Joe, uh, the FCS has only had two back-to-back uh, uh, or consecutive Walter Payton award winners okay. uh, uh, since 1987. That is Armante Edwards from Appalachian State. And uh, Jeremiah okay. B- uh, Briscoe from Sam Houston State.
0: Armonte Edwards. He won in
1: two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Briscoe won in 2016-2017.
0: Yeah, he was. Oh man, am I am I mixing him up with someone else? But I, th- I think Armonte Edwards was the guy who. Um, how do you spell Armonte?
1: A R M A N T I.
0: He was the guy who gashed michigan when they beat when they upset michigan was that in 2008 yeah. yes oh um, awesome i'm so, wait 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 oh, wait wait yeah you, you completely distracted me here <laughs> well that was my intention i might be wrong i might be mixing him up with somebody else nope that was this that was the two that was in 2007 that nice. was who exactly who i thought it was Armonte edwards he came on um Ryan and David Turner show a while back, but no that's that's a fantastic pull. I, if anyone would have done it, I probably would have guessed him. He has been a he was a fantastic pro uh, or sorry, FCS player, and then he had a, a little stint in the NFL. So you're talking your next guy and yeah, you, we my went next with guy another here. receiver. interesting pick here.
1: yes, uh, I, I went for my three uh, choices. I had a quarterback, a wide receiver, and a running back and my wide receiver. Established is what I would call him, and young and established. And that's Tyler Hudson, Central Arkansas, wide receiver. Now, you've heard him. You've seen him. Highlights have been all over Sports center. Uh, he's six foot two, 195. He had 845 receiving yards last year, seven touchdowns. The dude is just electric. He has that Ezard uh, electric. Uh, uh, when he gets the ball, he's very much like Ezard, where he's going to slip away from you, he's going to burn you, but Hudson can also go up and get it. And he can he can just moss people and that's a value, valuable trait especially if you're looking at somebody who could be going on to the next level uh being six two uh, and I'm not comparing because comparison to the thief of joy Ezra's five nine they have different uh, skill sets but you're looking at the next level there's tall cornerbacks in the NFL just tall cornerbacks, and he was, um, and he's had to uh, uh, compete against the, probably the best cornerback in the FCS last year in uh buddy from uh, UCA, Joe. I'm blanking on his name. Come on now. Got
0: trapped um, in the Chargers. Oh, come on now. The Rams. Rochelle. Mean. Robert Rochelle, yes. Yeah.
1: So he's had to go up against Robert Rochelle, who was an NFL cornerback. So he's already tested by an NFL cornerback, uh, and, and he just carves up every defense that he's on. Maybe credit that to uh, LaJuan Winningham being uh, slated across in the last two years. Whatever. He's a star. He is an absolute stud. He's going to go for 1,000 yards. He's going to go for 10-plus touchdowns. He's going to be the best wide receiver in the FCS next year.
0: I got an interesting comparison here. I don't don't disagree with this. I think this is interesting to, to go with Tyler Hudson. I think he could be a surprise name, and I think that's going to draw some intrigue from the Central Arkansas fans. But how about this for a comparison? And I know I it's corny as hell that we do so many URI comparisons, but I see the LaWan Winningham Tyler Hudson duo comparable to the Isaiah Coulter Aaron Parker duo, which is the last probably like the last big grouping of two receivers that drew a ton of NFL interest in the same draft class. Like I I think that's directly very, very easily comparable because of how talented both of them are. One of them might get drafted, and then the other one's going to be a UDFA. At the very least, both of them are going to be high priority UDFA's because they're both super talented.
1: Very, uh, I'm very, very confident in this selection. Uh, I I just, you know, I think he's going to be an absolute stud this next year.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, both long, tall, lean receivers, good hands, statistically just. So dominant. So that I don't disagree with that one at all. And I'm hoping you don't disagree with the next guy I picked. And I think this one could also fall under the category of maybe a sleeper guy, a little bit unexpected. You might try to pull some more veteran running backs. But I have always been so high on Isaiah Davis, and my perception of him has only gone up since his performance in the national championship game dokin is going to be stepping in for South Dakota State as their starting quarterback, most likely. It is not going to be an immediate transition from Gronowski. And as we've seen, the Jackrabbits love to run the football. I know Pierce Strong Jr. is there, but I don't see a reason why Isaiah Davis doesn't take over more of a role. He didn't get a ton of touches last year. Not a ton of carries, but he took advantage of those carries. 818 yards, 10 touchdowns. And because he had so few carries, I think the, I don't have his stats, his full stats pulled up, but from what I wrote down, 8.5 yards per attempt, I think he had less than 100 carries last year. For him to put up those totals as a freshman is just stupid. This dude is electric. He's big. He's quick. He's powerful. The epitome of the way that this guy plays comes down to what we saw on that 80-yard touchdown run in the national championship game, and he's going to continue to have those next year. South Dakota State's going to lean on him. This dude is going to be a 1,000-yard back. I would be shocked if he doesn't almost double his statistics next year based on how much he was on the field and how you know how few carries he got, essentially, because the season was shorter and Pierre Strong was essentially the lead back.
1: All right, Joe. So I know you've been dying for me to watch this. I've, I've seen this play before, but I'll rewatch it live here on the show. I've got it uh, cooked up. Six minutes left in the fourth. They're on the 15. South to Dakota to State is all right. Let's let's hit play here. All right. Calling out the reads. Takes a snap. All right. Here goes Davis. Left side up the middle. Okay. There's one broken tackle. Two, three. All right. Across the 40. Across the 50. Four broken tackles. Five. <laughs> And uh, Joe, you wanted to make a big note that he did not have any gloves on during this play. <laughs> which well, it was
0: raining. It was, it was raining during that. During yeah, that game. that's a
1: hell of a play. He's, I think he's capable of making those all over the place next year. I just think he is. He kind yeah. of he kinda, he kinda runs like Trey Lance. That's an interesting comparison. They have very similar running styles.
0: Yeah, aggressive, aggressive. angry, powering. Yeah. <laughs> I, I not, see a little Derrick Henry in the, in the way that he powers through people.
1: Yeah, I'm cool with Davis. Uh, But, Joe, unfortunately, my running back, I know he stood you up for an interview. I know he did. But this is my
0: guy. I have to say, that completely derailed my attempts at doing interviews during the offseason. It knocked the wind out of me so bad. I was just like, you know what? We'll punt. Go ahead. Continue.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know this is not your guy. This is my guy, though. Sacred Heart, Julie's Chestnut, led the uh, led the spring in um, in rushing. He's uh, starting to really accrue some um, uh, notoriety from the FCS. I know they. Uh, I think I think the FCS actually tweeted out a, a little uh, highlight highlight reel uh, from him last year. I don't know if I've seen an FCS running back as good as Julie's Chestnut since we've been covering. I just don't know if I have. He runs like an NFL running back. He runs so differently than what i've seen with his feet and his legs it's so it's it's how do you just what's smoother than butter what's 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 olive velour olive oil velour olive oil olive oil, oil? Olive oil. Say it's smoother olive oil is pretty smooth yeah it, it basically so you know how you go into your instagram search feed you hmm and it's all awful accounts with terrible uh satisfying posts you know like oddly satisfying mm-hmm. watch me pop this bubble wrap Sometimes they have, like, super smooth stuff on there. And um, when I see that, I think of Julius Chestnut and how he runs the ball. I think about how he just works through defenses on inside zone, how he gets the corner on outside zone or pitches. It's it's just insane. And I, I'm not trying to gas it up or be a mega fan 99, but I kind of am. I'm kind of just all in, man. I don't know. I don't know if I've been this all in. I, he's he's he'll he'll transform a team. I think he'll transform the Sacred Heart team. He has, and he will transform a team at the next level. He will be the leading rusher this next year. He will be. He might lead the the FCS in touchdowns. I don't know. The, VMI and the Citadel always pull out some kind of some running back that goes for thirty touchdowns, <laughs> and they're all two yard touchdowns. Right. Or Towson will have a guy that goes for seventeen touchdowns. Who knows? You know, the the, the touchdowns is is fine, but being able. It, <laughs> College football is so hard because you need a quarterback. You just do. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to win games. But if you don't have a quarterback and you don't have a running back, you're not going to be able to move the ball. Sacred Hearts can be able to move the ball. They just are. That's 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 a guarantee that you get. And you are not. You got to be able to do that to win the game and get score points, do this and that. Having a guarantee like that in your backfield is a big deal to me.
0: Yeah, I, I think that Chestnut is easily the best returning running back And regardless, the best running back in the NEC. It's a smaller conference. You do have some weaker defenses, which really allowed him to dominate because he's a good enough player to play at one of these bigger FCS programs. Like, I think that you plug him into JMU's backfield or, you know, North Dakota State's backfield, he's going to be just as productive, if not more productive, than what he's done so far at Sacred Heart. And there's a big reason why this team has been competitive over the last few years. Now, it's a great, well-coached team. Uh, The athletic department is headed by Bobby Valentine. Yes, that Bobby Valentine. So they have a lot of support and some momentum, this program. It's always been considered to be an up-and-coming athletic department. I think Chestnut came in at the right time, perfect timing to take over the lead. And he's kind of built, like, I think the comparison in terms of, like, size profile, maybe running profile. Like, is TJ Yeldon... Like, do you agree with that? I, th- I see a little bit of TJ Yeldon in him because like Yeldon wasn't necessarily fast, but he was a smooth, maneuverable running back that I saw, understand where, you know, gaps opened up and he was always really good in space. He fizzled out in the NFL, but uh, that's kind of how I always saw him.
1: You know, that's your comp and you're sticking to it. You've, you've said that every time we <laughs> talked about it. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> that's fine. It's fine with me, Joe. <laughs> All
0: right. I'm glad you, I'm glad you don't disagree. So we've got two more players left. We have two quarterbacks. And this is a, a player that I have consistently hyped up, our Jerry Rice Award winner from last year. I'm referring to Cameron Ward of Incarnate Ward, who I've referred to as Incarnate Ward's Ward. Uh, <laughs> last year, 303 attempts, only four interceptions on 300 passing attempts, 2,260 yards, 24 touchdowns. But you unpack it a little bit, and you see some of the teams he played. He played south eastern Louisiana. He played Nichols. Pretty pretty difficult schedule. Not an easy schedule for him to just be running over teams. Three 400-yard games, and then all of his games he threw for over 300 yards. Two six-touchdown games, and then four with over four touchdowns. Not a single game where he didn't throw less than two. This is with a limited, short, pretty short schedule that he played last year. And if you, if you unpack and, and open up the highlights, Draft Diamonds posted a, a video of some of his highlights, and I, I see a guy with, with just stupid arm strength. The way that you can tell if a guy has a strong arm is that when it looks effortless and it's just a quick little flick of the wrist, the ball comes off of his hand with extreme velocity and speed, and it's delivered to where it's supposed to be as soon as it comes off his hand. He can stretch the field, He's a guy who you see a lot of these off-platform throws, which has continually been popular amongst college quarterbacks. This guy has the skill set to take over and dominate for Incarnate Ward. I know that you know, maybe they, they don't have a good season as a whole, but statistically, there's a reason why he, he just came out of nowhere. This is a, a program that necessarily hasn't done much, and he suddenly is lighting up teams. There's a reason for that, and it's because he has the talent
1: your description of Ward is bringing me back I, I was thinking who else did Joe describe as this and I'm like okay I remember we did the quarterback show and what did who did he say you know we watched the film I like oh I kind of agree I think it was Jason Brown you described uh, very similarly uh when it came Brian
0: was high on Jason Brown who put me yep. on a Jason Brown and he's also very high on Cameron Ward
1: that's interesting to me it's not a, necessarily a rabbit hole but it's a I guess a trend. I don't know. You, you might be. You, you might be onto something, Joe. You really might be.
0: No, I definitely. I definitely think I am. <laughs> <laughs> we see this happen sometimes, though. The progression from Jerry Rice to eventually Walter Payton. There's been a history of it. There's been guys that have done it. So I don't see a reason why it doesn't happen.
1: You know, you've you've actually you've sold me.
0: Hard to do. <laughs> you've sold me. Good. Good. Um, Sean, the, the last guy I, wanna, I just want to quickly hit on here, somebody who I think if we glazed over it and we didn't mention him, it, it would be a complete mismanagement of this show. Eric Berrier, <laughs> Eastern Washington quarterback, the uh, alma mater of the Colin Cowherd, has been since he stepped on the field as a starter for multiple seasons, not just one season, has been one of the most elite quarterbacks at the FCS level. And Eastern Washington hasn't necessarily always been up to his level of talent. And I think he has consistently elevated that offense. If we take a look at his 2020 stats, he had 2,439 yards, 19 touchdowns, 360 total yards per game. And that's, that's rushing and passing. Multiple fat stats last year from Eric Berryer, And uh, the Walter Payne Award is always going to be a statistically-based award. And also, you know, if you are productive and help your team win is always a big thing. And I see Berryer competing for his team, being very, very productive, putting up some gaudy numbers, and he's going to continue to do it in this final year, what is likely going to be his last year at Eastern Washington.
1: Now, Mr. Joe DeLeon, I am happy that you have brought up Mr. Barry. I was feeling that your show was getting close to being mismanaged, and I wouldn't have to come down there now, would I? What is, what is that? <laughs> Who's the guy from Caddyshack? I can't do his voice.
0: Oh, God. I haven't seen the movie in so long, Spalding. I can't make the <laughs> How recently have you seen Caddyshack? Not recently. Oh, that's, that's interesting. You can pull that reference. What, what are I, I your thoughts I, on Barrier? I, I don't think it was
1: the Candy Shack voice. I think it was the principal from um, uh, Ferris Bueller
0: I was trying to do. Okay, regardless. What are your thoughts on Barrier? Thanks for taking us off track.
1: You well, should... now I'm completely off track because I don't know where the hell that voice – it was a bad voice also. Um, Yeah, no. we It's due diligence having Barrier on there because I believe he stepped up uh, filling in an injury – when we first started doing the show, correct? It was like episode two of the show uh, when when the when the season was happening. He took over, and Eastern Washington was making a playoff push. And uh, the previous quarterback, I think, towards ACL and Barrier had to step up, and he started. Uh, I was think he started young? carrying a little bit. Was Can it Eastern numbers, Washington I mean, or Youngstown State? Let me. Regardless, Barier. I mean, he does it all. I. I, I, I think you
0: might I, be right.
1: I think Barry A on rollouts is as dangerous of a, a player on a play that there is in the FCS. If, if you roll him out to the right or to the left, he's going to throw for a touchdown or he's going to run for six yards or he's going to run for 60. It's it's too dangerous. Like Eastern Washington, I know you can't just run rollout plays every single play, but if you're in the red zone and you're looking at Eastern Washington and you don't have a, a cornerback or a fast enough outside linebacker to watch and, and track him for that rollout, you're going to get carved up and he's going to score touchdowns. It's what he does. He sits in the pocket, he maneuvers, he throws dimes down the field, gets in the red zone, runs a rollout, scores a touchdown. It's a, it's a method that they've run with Barrier since he's been on the field and nobody could stop it. It's like Villanova getting around the corner in the red zone. It, it's just what they do. They get around the tackle in the tight end, they score touchdowns. Little things like that in the FCS. And that nobody can, seem, can seemingly stop. I don't, I don't know. If I'm coaching against him, I'm saying watch the rollout every single time. But he, I'm sure they are, and they can't stop him.
0: Well, one thing I think that's always been consistent with the FCS is that if you have a guy who's just significantly more athletic than yeah. all the defenders that you're going against, and I know it's such a simple take, you're going to dominate. If you have a really good athlete at quarterback, i.e. Trey Lance... You are going to be unstoppable. It's hard to stop because the the recruiting in FCS is limited. That is not a, a hot take. It's very limited. A lot of times you're taking guys with smaller physical profiles, less athletic than these FBS guys. So if you have a dominant athlete that may might belong on an FBS roster, he is going to dominate. I think Barry is a great example of that.
1: I think you're right, and you know I was thinking about just limiting the list to six, but you said let's push it to seven. I said okay, you know what, that's fine. Because there's no harm in adding one more person until you listeners start saying, "Why didn't you add him or him?" No, this was our seven.
0: I remember last Not, year somebody got pissed at us when we didn't put him on the quarterback show list okay. we were going off uh we were going off of NFL prospects. I forget I, there was somebody we put on there over him, and I forget who it was. it was still a good huge, list.
1: this is a huge list last year,
0: yeah, we had like ten guys and he was like number eleven
1: he's on the list
0: <laughs> he's he's proving us wrong he's proven us wrong um well, Sean, that's all we have for today. Folks, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Wherever you might be listening to us, leave us a five star review. Uh, follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at Sanderson Radio, at Believe Podcasts, and believe.com to find our show as well as hundreds of other shows. Also, subscribe to the Believe YouTube channel, which I am in charge of. I'm heading, and we are making a heavy push for doing We got some a YouTube video. channel? Yeah, I t- that's oh, I, check this out. I've talked to you about this. I've been managing that. I've been handling. That's been one of my recent projects. Is you is don't talk to that. me? I talk to you believe. all the time. Oh, this is cool.
1: Believe the Suns podcast. It's
0: There's no believe layout. Suns. No, that's not it. It's the wrong the thing. Believe the Suns. It's oh, that's just casual believe-
1: sports radio network.
0: What the it's hell? Just, it's just Believe Podcast Network. You buffoon. Leave Podcast we, we There's ten. Sh- there's currently, I think, like 12 active shows. We just started up last week, so we're off to a pretty good start. Uh, well, folks, though, that is going to be it for us. What
1: are you doing? I'm air-checking you. I, I air-checked the show, but now you're getting
0: air-checked. What do you mean I'm getting air-checked? You're getting air-checked. Are you checking okay. the validity
1: of my statement? No, it looks pretty good. That's all I'm saying. Screw- I'm just saying it looks pretty good. Screw you.
0: Whoa
1: I'm trying to give an endorsement to people to go look at Believe Podcast Network on YouTube.
0: Okay. Shiny any closing thoughts, anything?
1: Go look at Believe Podcast Network on YouTube. That's my closing thought. Oh, thanks. Joe's finally starting to do some work out there in Los Angeles. I'm glad. I'm Terry here. <laughs> hey man, you know I'm going out two-hour lunch. Man, I'm going on a bike ride. I'm doing this. And I that. have I never
0: said that. I, I, don't I'm you air these me losers, out, man? I, don't I have so much. You air me out. I got, I got it all out. in the bag, man. Don't you dare air me t- out. I've like never Joe done that.
1: actually have to do some work.
0: I have never done that. I have been productive. I got and brawn busy. wrapped
1: about my finger, bro. Oh, I'm like,
0: stop I, it! You're, you're gonna. Get hot. <laughs> I'm going to cut you is what I'm going to do. you going to cut me? I, I could find another FCS player like that. Who are you going to bring in, <laughs> Montana
1: Friselli? Go ahead.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Save me an hour of my week. <laughs> uh, I don't know who I could go get. I'm sure I could find somebody that would want to hop on with me. We we do have a guy who does his own show uh, who is a, a center at Southeastern Louisiana. Go
1: ahead. You bring him in.
0: Maybe at Blake Rafino. Get
1: ready for the firestorm reports?
0: His show's great. He's got a thousand uh, almost 2000 subs on on YouTube. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he's a big deal. All right, thanks for tuning in folks and dealing with Sean's lies and heresy. <laughs> Have a good rest of your week, folks. Season's almost here.